This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the Young Lion Cast, your fortnightly audio source of all things New Japan Pro Wrestling, right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I am joined, as always, by the delicious Chris O'Brien. How are you, Chris? There's a new intro, and I'm very scared about this. I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> You're more scared by the new intro than me calling you delicious. I mean, like, I, I, I am delicious, so, like, why the fuck wouldn't you? Like, it's just observation at that point, Robert. <laughs> Robert, Robert. I've been. I've recently. I've taken great delight in calling people the longer versions of their name. We've been doing this podcast for two years, nearly, and not once have you called me Robert ever. No, but then again, I've started calling my friend um, Matt Matthew and John Jonathan. Um, even if it's not a long version of a name, I'll find a way to extend it. Like. Friend Reese, he's now Roberta. Um, so you've gone full on yeah. cunt. I've <laughs> been full on cunt for a while. <laughs> well, well, I've been ho- I've been hosting a um, Japanese wrestling podcast for over a year. I cannot pretend that I've not been a cunt. <laughs> well, Chris, do you know what? I don't give a shit about anything because I've got a brew. I've got a podcast with a lovely co-host and World Tag League is over. We survived, guys. It finished you, today. I'm smart enough to go, I just need to read the results. Like, fucking... I don't know why you bothered, but you bothered. I did. I did bother, and it was for you lovely people that I did bother. But, but good God. Can we just agree to do something different? next? Like, next time, next tag league, I'm spend a month watching a different promotion. Well... To be honest, I have been watching a little bit of the old Japan Real World Tag League, and that is so much better. Oh, I dipped into that as well. Um, fuck, what was it? It was a really good one. Fuck. It was no, not good. It was like 8 out of 10, but still, that's better than most of the shit you get. It had Kento in it, which is why I watched it. Was it Miyahara? Was it Next Stream against Violent Giants? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. There we go. Yeah. From, um, from Corrigan? Yeah. Yeah, that no, was the one exactly. I watched. Yeah, cool. So good. <laughs> it's a very, very good. To be honest, anything with the Violent Giants in, I am very, very happy about. Very, very I, I happy. Re- I really want to get into more All Japan, but it's so like not accessible. I actually need to set aside like the afternoon because I need the cage match article up next to it just to know who everyone is. No, I agree. And also, segue, fantastic segue. Up on the Podmania website right now is an introduction to All Japan, because both me and Chris have found that we want to watch more All Japan, yet there is absolutely nothing out there to help us get into well, the current product. So I'm please just, go and check it out. Like, it's probably below Dragon Gate right now. Like, both Dragon... Maybe, maybe not Stardom. Stardom doesn't draw amazingly. But, like, it's below, like, Dragon Gate and Noah right now, so... 
Like now I can sell out Sumo Hall. Well, not sell out, but like draw five thousand people to Sumo Hall. So the show they recently did, the uh, Know the Best, the Battle of Aesthetics, that drew a shade over five thousand five hundred, and it was a fantastic show. Really, really good show. I'm gonna get around to that. Is that the one with Marafuji and um, Marafuji and um, Great Muta? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was. Um, yeah, that's all on YouTube, I think. So I'm gonna get, well, not on their YouTube, but like on just notorious uploaders' YouTube. So I might because honestly, I just want to see what the buzz around um, Kaito is because I've never seen him. Um, Kiyomaya. Yeah. Um, he's. I don't know. I'm. I'm not convinced of him as a champion. Um, he's. He's, you know, he's a solid worker. Don't get me wrong. I watched his match with uh, Marafuji from the Great Voyage in Yokohama. Um, I've it's watched not... his other matches, but he's he's just I don't know. Um, I've also heard um, Axis is that their name? Is a great tag name. Yes. Also the Sugiara is that his name? I'm really sorry if I butchered that name. I, I'm completely ignorant of the Noah products. So I couldn't tell you. Um, he's just won the national championship against Michael Elgin. Uh, I really want. I want to. That's partly where I want to get into Noah because like. Japanese Elgin is best Elgin. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's a really, really good match as well. Uh, that's an eight-star match. Nice. I'll, um, I'll probably check. It's either that, because I want to get off of here tonight. It's either that or play Life is Strange. So. Yeah, why not? Um, so, Chris, the agenda for today. We have got the World Tag League final, which happened earlier on this morning in Hiroshima. Uh, obviously, we're recording this the 8th of December. Um, we've got that to review and lots and lots of connotations heading forward as we march on to Wrestle Kingdom 14 nights 1 and 2. Once we finish that, uh, we'll go on to the three matches that we are going to look at for the classic match reviews. And just a little bit of programming notes. Um, the first little bit is that, as I said in the introduction... Um, the Young Lion cast is going fortnightly. Um, the reason for this is, I, with everything at the moment um, going on, it's, just, it's impossible to watch all the wrestling I need to watch on a weekly basis. So two weeks just gives me enough time because I'm afraid doing it every week would eventually kill me. And I know that you think you want Garth and Chris doing this, but trust me, you don't. So imagine <laughs> watching half the shit. Like to be fair, I imagine Garth would really enjoy um the Hanson Vader match, but imagine Garth watching like Dragon Gate or something else. No, imagine Garth watching Stardom. It it it's taken me a long time to even consider Stardom. Not because it's women's wrestling before anyone starts. Um it is it is literally because Chris has just hyped it that much. I've just right, have... I haven't. I've made very clear this because this is a very specific mix for me of amazing outfits and wrestlers who have no regard for the state of their bodies. But amazing outfits came first. Oh fucking! Have you seen um, what TCS come out with? They have like paintball guns and shit. It's great. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so yes, this has moved fortnightly. The Podmania podcast will continue to be weekly but that will come out on a sunday just gives us a little bit more leeway to basically get the episode out and basically make sure it's good for everyone listening we've also welcomed our first 
outside podcast to the Podmania Podcasting Network, the Wrestling with Jonas podcast that will be out every yeah. Saturday. You never answered my question. How, um, Chris, can I be around these guys? On a scale of one to ten, yeah. Um, I'd like I'd like you to be first date, Chris. First date, Chris. So around a seven. It worries me that you are a seven on your first date. I mean, okay, let's let's be real, because eventually, eventually they're going to find out what I'm actually like. So, like, I might as well start around around what I actually what I'm actually like, and then build them up instead of like nothing, and then suddenly me asking them about who's winning the fight between them and who and in there. So, around me and Garth, are you full on ten, Chris? I mean, yeah, I don't need to worry about you guys fucking off. I mean, if I if you got rid of me, he's going to pick matches for you for this segment. <laughs> so, you arguing with Irish people in a pub in Blackpool, that is number ten, Chris, is it? We, I wasn't arguing with them. You full on were arguing. You full no, on Garth, were arguing. Garth was, because one of them laughed, um, because Garth watched Impact. Like, and he was full on laughing. Like, he was like, ha, Impact, you fucking mark. It was amazing. Was this just after Garth had tried to start a fight with Finn Balor on Twitter? Yeah, I know, exactly around the same time. And then Garth deleted those fucking tweets before I could send a fucking screenshot to people. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, we're already wildly off topic. Um, but yeah, let's let's start with today's World Tag League final. Night 17, 100 and 20 matches over 17 nights. Um, it has been a slog. I'm not even going to pretend that I've watched all of it. I know you haven't watched any of it, Chris, whatsoever, including the final from today. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is going to be complete news to you, complete new news to you, which is quite quite exciting. So I'm going to run down <laughs> as exciting as a World Tag League show can be. Um, I'll run down... Not all the results, because there are a lot of matches. For example, the opener between Nakanishi and Nagata and Tenkoji, which has little relevance to anything at all. And if you want to check out our full ratings for this for this event, you can go to the website, podmania.co.uk, and check out our match ratings of it. But the first match that I want to go through is um, match number four, which was the team of Tohanare and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Hiroki Goto and Carl Fredericks at 10 minutes and 10 seconds with the Toa bottom. Um, <laughs> it's First of all, aside from the Mikey Bomb, is that the worst named finisher in New Japan? I mean, does it involve the bottom? It's not even a Taguchi-related offense, which offends me. Oh man, like I'd, I'd love to see Archer do a rear view. Not Archer, <laughs> but I would definitely love Archer to do a rear view. Jesus Christ, not... that's fucking terrifying. I'm going to do that in TK. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Hanare picks up his first pinfall victory of the tournament. Any victories that that team had done previously had all been through Tanahashi. Um, couple of things. Fredericks continues to look absolutely amazing. Goto has low key had a fairly decent year this year because he hasn't taken the never open weight title hostage and fucked it up. Um but there was no sort of there was no exceeding of the storyline for the never open weight championship here. There was one note from the English commentary team that um Shibata was still not medically cleared, but there was nothing else that was 
bringing the storyline forward between Goto and Kenta. So as of now, I know there is a press conference tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. GMT. Um, regarding Wrestle Kingdom, I assume we'll have more or less the full cards at that time. Um, but after the match, Tanahashi is posing and we get another promo from Chris Jericho. Now, this promo was fucking great, Chris. Um, I, I know you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it's a continuation of his previous one at Power Struggle. Was it Power Struggle where he challenged Tanahashi or was it King of Pro Wrestling? Power Struggle. Um, really, really good continuation of it. The man, Chris Jericho, is on fucking fire at the moment. And I would argue, I know that Will Ospreay has been in-ring competitor of the year without a shadow of a doubt, but the whole package... You can't look past Chris Jericho as having the best year. In AEW, no. In New Japan, I'm kind of fucking done with him. I think once... he, In my opinion, he will beat Tanahashi. And I've got reasons for that, and I'll go into that when we do our Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview show. But I think he'll beat Tanahashi. Now, for me, once he's done that... The only big star left that he can take on is Kota Ibushi. Yeah, um, not gonna lie, I would quite like to see um, Suzuki versus Jericho. Oh, that's that's a very exciting prospect. Yeah, to be fair, like we went pretty Suzuki heavy on this episode. So. <laughs> yeah, we won't spend too much time speaking about Suzuki because we'll be spending a hell of a lot of time talking about him later so yeah there was just a quick thing just reminding us that on january the 5th tanahashi and chris jericho will be going at it chris jericho said it will be tanahashi's last match in new japan tanahashi um responded by saying i have no intentions of retiring anytime soon that would really take the shine off liger wouldn't it if liger's been doing this entire retirement ceremony for a year and then tanahashi goes yeah actually i'm retiring as well and everyone goes no and forgets about liger that'd be really disappointing (laughs) No, Goto. Goto's back on. What, what the fuck are you telling me about? <laughs> and then it's somehow your fault. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this wouldn't surprise me if this is Chris Jericho's last match in New Japan. And to be honest, I don't think he needs to do anything else. His two matches with Naito have been great. His match against Omega was great. His match with Okada wasn't as good. It was still okay, but it was it was disappointing. But I think Tanahashi and Jericho will have better chemistry than him and Okada did. Yeah, to be fair, I don't... I'm one of the few people who... I gave that an 8. I thought it was a fine match. It was a bit of an abrupt ending, but also um, there's probably some sort of decree um, to say that Jericho needs to be kept strong, but meh. We'll see. We'll move on then. Uh, Match 5, which was the Suzuki Gun team of Suzuki and Lance Archer defeating the Bullet Club team of Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi at 11 minutes 30 with the EBD Claw. Uh, first thing to note, this is the first time I've actually seen Kenta turn up to a World Tag League match, though, you know, why would you? You're in a team with Yujiro Takahashi. Um, but him and Suzuki had really, really, really intense um, little exchanges. That would be a brilliant never open weight championship match between Suzuki and Kenta, just literally beating the ever-loving shit out of each other. There was a brilliant moment where Kenta slaps Suzuki and Suzuki does that thing where he just turns very, very slowly. And you, Kenta did a fantastic job of just looking at him and going, oh, fuck. And just Suzuki <laughs> beat the living shit out of him. It was great. 
there must be a Kenta Suzuki match from Noah. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And I think if there, if there is one, I certainly think something that I'd look forward to doing on the uh, the classic review segment. Um, post-match, after Lance Archer absolutely eviscerates Takahashi, um, we get a video package and John Moxley returns, um, gives both Lance Archer and Suzuki the Death Rider or the Paradigm Shift, depending on what promotion you're in. Um, gets at a table, says that he wants his belt back, and he wants to do it in a Texas death match. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying how um, the US title is basically turning into a fucking hardcore division. The idea of an Archer versus Moxley match, though, don't get me wrong, it's it will be a good match. I wasn't. I was like, meh, okay. I mean, it was it was built for another Moxley match, wasn't it? I think everyone knew Moxley was going to come back for Wrestle Kingdom, especially with um, Juice Robinson, the only other real contender, being locked up in the tag team division. Um, but making it a Texas Death Match, it's going to go one or two ways. It's either going to be absolutely fucking great, or it is going to be a tower of shit. And I'm, I think it'll be the former. I think it'll be a great match. I think Archer and Moxley are very similar competitors. They're both brawlers. So, yeah, fingers crossed, it could be a great match. What do you think, Chris? I see it going well. Uh, Moxley's doing really well since leaving WWE. Actually, there's one guy I started following on YouTube. He says all of Moxley's matches have been objectively bad. I'm like, dude. Because he was like, his whole thing was, oh, you just compare it to his WWE work. And it's like, well, one, you can't help it. That's literally his body of work. And B, Moxley has his niche, and it is within, like, hardcore stuff, and he's great at hardcore stuff. I mean, look at the full gear match. And not everyone's cup of tea, but I liked it. Um, I mean, I disagree with that statement. I think he's had at least two absolutely outstanding matches in the G1. Ishii, the white match was really good. The J White um, match, he's had a great match against Juice Robinson in the Best of the Super Juniors final. He had a yeah. great match against Shingo. <laughs> Great matches against um, Jeeves. So, yeah, I I think that's categorically wrong. The the full gear match, that's by the by, it was a polarizing match. I I wasn't a fan of it. I thought it was a good match, but it went far, far too long, and it just felt after a while like they were doing shock value for the sake of shock value. Um, but that's again by the by. I think no announcement as to whether the Lance Archer versus Moxie match will be the fourth or the fifth, but as the fourth is already relatively stacked, I'd argue it will probably be the fifth. Anyway, moving on to match six now. Um, this was the only non-World Tag League match on the show, and Kota Ibushi, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tiger Mask defeated the Chaos team of Kazuchika Okada and Rapongi 3K at 12 minutes 45 with a Kamagoye. Um, the match itself, I don't really want to talk about. It was a seven-star match. It was a really, really fast-paced, high-energy match. What I've heard online at the moment is that there is no heat under the Okada-Ibushi feud. And I don't know if you've seen this, Chris. Um, no, I've not. I've been off Twitter. Can you tell me to be off Twitter? <laughs> I told you just for this bit, actually. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's been very, very little heat. However, over the last couple of shows, Okada has been the arrogant prick champion, which he played so well, and sort of basically making sure that Ibushi knows that he is underneath him. There's no way Ibushi's going to do this. So there was a wonderful moment two nights ago where Ibushi... 
um, had the briefcase and Okada just belted the briefcase out of the ring. So Ibushi drop kicked Okada. Just a really, really good moment. And then this bit, once the match has finished, um, Okada grabs the belt, holds it up and shoves it, just keeps pressing it and pressing it and pressing it into Ibushi's face. And Ibushi takes a minute, stands there, and then fucking slaps Okada with the briefcase. I'm not joking. It was the stiffest shot. It echoed around the arena. It was great. And it took so many people to actually get Ibushi off Okada. And Okada's being led to the back, and Obushi's breaking through, trying to beat the shit out of him. It's taking loads and loads of people to hold him back, and eventually Obushi legs it to get backstage to beat the shit out of Okada again. And instantly, I'm more invested in the feud. Yeah, that's how build works. Do you know what, though? It's something I have. Not, I don't have an issue with it at all. It's just something that is an inherent problem with the current way that New Japan book because they can't start building this title match until they've got the briefcase defences out of the way. No, exactly. Um, also, that is a slight problem with New Japan. If, they if one division's doing really well, another division's doing really fucking badly. I don't know. I mean, when was the last briefcase defence? It was evil, wasn't it? So was that King of Pro Wrestling? Yeah. So you're looking at October and from October until the end of World Tag League there has been no build whatsoever to this match and I think because we've got this dash for the gold or this dash for the double gold or whatever they are um, whatever they're labelling it this match itself on the fourth between Okada and Ibushi for the title has sort of been lost in the shuffle because everyone assumes that on the fifth Naito is going to win the belt. And I think that's unfair because if you look at Coach Ibushi's body of work this year, he's had a sensational year. Oh, he's had a great he's probably had one of the better years of anyone. Like I'm just trying to especially in the G one, he was a highlight. Um his feud with Naito, well I never ever want to see that shit again. <laughs> um it's really good. Um you know what I kind of want to happen, and you're gonna judge me for wanting this to happen. Go on. I I want Jay White to win the belt. Do you know what? I knew you would say that. Do you want Jay White to walk out on the fifth with both belts? Yeah. I want you to imagine and something, then, Chris. Just just for a moment want, before you continue. He just wins it and goes, hey, Goto, do you want the title shot? Well, I have two <laughs> belts and still, no Goto. Just imagine for a moment. Can you remember the silence that greeted Okada beating Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yeah. That would be nothing to what would happen at the Tokyo Dome if White beats Naito. Exactly. It would be amazing. And then it would stir up heat the next night. I genuinely think if Naito were to lose on the first night, I genuinely think that the fifth would be so, so, so much less attended. I genuinely think people would boycott it. Well, like, I'm, I'm mostly just doing it because, I, as you know, I'm a massive Jay White guy. I actually went back and watched some of his um, earlier matches, and like people were like, oh, he really came of age recently. But it's like, no, like if you watch that Omega match, like his ring psychology has always been amazing. As well, his his G one run in twenty in twenty eighteen was fantastic. 
that's one thing about the G1 going, like, he sort of um, dumbed it down, because you have to, it's the G1, because it's the quicker matches, but, like, um, he, I just love the creative ways he found to take out Red Shoes. <laughs> like, every single night, Red Shoes would be taken out, and it's sort of like, Jay White, you're a fucking genius. Don't forget as well, his match with Juice Robinson at, f- at Fighting Spirit Unleashed was absolutely fantastic. Oh, fucking absolutely, that's the best match for US titles ever had. Mm, yeah um, okay yeah if you want to give moxley robinson second then yeah fair enough and like unless you count the omega ishi match which i don't oh what yeah poor ishi um <laughs> anyway that's not why i wanted to talk about this match even though it it lit a little bit of a fire underneath this this feud um everyone leaves the ring it leaves liger in the ring he cuts a promo saying about how you know he's here in Hiroshima and then he's cut off by the video screen. And of course, Chris, me and you on this podcast have discussed, well, who the fuck is left for that final match for Jushin Thunder Liger on the fifth, his retirement match. Mm-hmm. And who is on the screen, Chris? But Dragon Lee. Ooh. I know. I know. We um, haven't even considered Dragon Lee. How did we not? It's literally the what we mentioned Marafuji. Yeah, we meant we did. We mentioned Noah guys before. We, how did we forget that Dragon Lee exists? Um, he's not known as Dragon Lee anymore, obviously, because I assume that is a CMLL trademark. Um, but he is known as Ryu we, Lee, R Y U Lee. He's been going by Dragon Lee in Ring of Honor. But, oh, um, but don't forget, he's not a part of Ring of Honor anymore. Oh, is he not? Okay. No. Um, okay. Oh. Uh, Imagine if Roosh um, lost that, and he just becomes Rush. <laughs> um, so Liger says that sounds like a challenge, um, but then says, however, there is someone else I want to face as well. Um, and this man has just come, this man has got a beef with the man I've just spoken to and has just come back from a neck injury. <gasps> Never mentioning by name Hiromu, but clearly me- clearly meaning Hiromu, and heavily, heavily, heavily implying that Liger would like a three-way dance with him, Dragon Lee, and Hiromu. Opinion, Chris. <laughs> I can't, just that high-pitched noise, I can't think of anything else. As a prospect, it's incredible. There's one issue I have with it. As a story, it's putting Liger's retirement on the back foot for the sake of a Hiromu Dragon Lee feud. Why? I mean, okay, playing Booker for a minute. Takahashi takes the championship off Osprey on the fourth. I think we've both got that as a dead cert to happen. Who yeah. would you want as your next challenger but Dragon Lee? It's it's a storyline. It's a natural storyline. But then mm. to spaff that up the wall to have both of them in Liger's match. And Liger's last match, in my opinion, should be a one-on-one match. Yeah, I agree. Well, he's still able. Um, well, he proved at I, the anniversary show well, that he's still able. Maybe what will happen is Takahashi and Dragon Lee will fight 
on one of the road to shows. But then again, also that was you don't want one of them looking weak. I'd be surprised if Takahashi fights before Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh god, I was really excited for a second, and then I realized how shit the story is. Don't get me wrong. Match quality wise, that would be through the fucking roof. No, absolutely, but also again, maybe this is where Dragon Lee gets a pin over Takahashi. But again, make it's it Liger's el- last match. Why should those elim- two be the it, focus? Make it an elimination. I was listening to the Post Pure SO podcast on post wrestling, and uh, WH Parr made a very, very good point about how whoever wins that match on the fourth should face Liger on the fifth. Doesn't necessarily have to be the title, but if you did put the title on the on the line for it, how amazing would it be if Liger won it on his last on his last match in New Japan, then vacated it tournament for the junior heavyweight championship. That's I'm sure great. Just, I'm pretty sure I've put this one forward before. It's not a terrible idea, but if Hiromu wins and then has it for less than a day, I feel like it sort of ruins his comeback. You say that. I think it's very Hiromu. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. It is very Hiromu. Um, yeah, so, again, nothing announced as of yet, but the idea, it seems, behind Jushin Thunder Liger's last in-ring match on the 5th will be him versus Ryu Lee versus Hiromu. Or... It'll be just really. Who knows? Um, we wait and but see. It, then again, Ligon might just be doing that to stir up, um, to annoy Dragon Lee. So. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going to have to train myself not to call him Dragon Lee anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm not sure if it's Ryu or Ryu Lee. I, I assume it's Ryu Lee. Um, maybe it's really. R-Y-U? <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen it spelled yet. <laughs> Um, moving on now then to the World Tag League again and at this point there were three scenarios Um, if Finjuice and G.O.D. won then there would be a three way dance for the championships at Wrestle Kingdom 14 Um, I believe I can't remember the exact scenarios in my head but I know if Finjuice won and G.O.D. won, something happened. If L.I.J. won and G.O.D. won, something else happened. It would be L.I.J. versus Gorillas again. And there was all sorts of um, ridiculous things. However, that didn't matter because Ishii and Yoshihashi beat the Gorillas of Destiny in 16 minutes and 50 seconds with the inside cradle. Best of the Gorillas of Destiny have actually looked in this World Tag League. Nice of them to show up, considering they said they were going to concentrate on tag team wrestling and have basically phoned in every single fucking match they've been in. Um, which meant that when we got to the main event, because don't forget, we didn't have a final this time. It was all one block, one laborious fucking block. Um, this acted as basically the final. Whoever won this match was going to face the Gorillas of Destiny at Wrestle Kingdom. And Juice Robinson and David Finlay defeated Evil and Sonata in 24 minutes and five seconds, with David Finlay getting the pin with an acid drop after 24 minutes and five seconds. Really, really good match. And it annoys me because we've had the Gorillas of Destiny versus L.I.J. so many fucking times and it has never been anything more than 